Welcome to uh, another episode of RWR Now. This is one of those sort of occasional things that we do when we've got some time. And I've got uh, two men on the pod with me right now who have no idea what we're going to talk about. It's uh, Alex Kirkman and Stephen Coriander. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, no idea what we're going to talk about. It's always a bit nerve-wracking, this. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. It's really not a big deal. It's really not a big deal, I promise. There's nothing to worry about. Um, and it was quite funny then, when I said, how are you doing, lads? You both were like, I don't even know whether I should talk, like whether he's going <laughs> to he's gonna jump on me for something. I don't know. Yeah, it, was, it was good stuff. What we're going to talk about today is something that comes up occasionally in when you're talking about pro wrestling in general. I wanted to talk about it because, actually, Stephen, you'll be interested to know this. I saw a quote from Dave Meltzer earlier this week talking about how WWE is in a boom period right now. Okay. And I wanted to ask the question about how we feel about that statement, not just for WWE, but as reference to the entire wrestling industry right now, because there's lots of things, there's lots of things to speak for it, I would suggest. First of all, obviously, WWE's business has been up this year. SmackDown, in particular, TV ratings have been really good. WWE have just done another big television deal. And of course, they've merged with the UFC this year, which is pretty huge. I think it's fair to say in terms of when we look back over history this will be considered a pretty damn big moment in the evolution of what wwe is and what wrestling is but in addition to that obviously AEW has regardless of what anyone thinks about whether it's the biggest show or not um 72 000 paying customers for a wrestling show that's not wwe i don't think has ever been done before i think it was 81 000 paid actually have you seen the latest brent council thing i've seen the latest but there's another latest isn't there oh is there another latest i haven't seen another another so, latest so, so the, the latest the, the thing you're referring to is that brent somebody also went to brent council and said can you confirm that the figure was 81 000 paying whatever they said yes i think they came back saying yes that we can confirm or something like that they said can they you said confirm the number? 85,000 people in the building or something i think mean, there's, there's some of that there's another turnstile count that was 72 or something wasn't there the reason that khan did the 81,000 number and released that because they legitimately sold 81,000 seats but they, they so they could only annet they could only announce the paid number was the most in, in wrestling history because uh, because obviously there's more people at the career show so they couldn't say the most people ever in a building and I think the third and final number was everything with comps and people working in Wembley Stadium was eighty five thousand so <laughs> oh, I think I think in. yeah oh. I think although actually to be honest I might have made up the working in but I believe that was part of the number that's what's the total number of people in the building whatever the case sorry regardless, yeah sorry. regardless of whether very it was anal 000, corner there ninety seven thousand four hundred twenty three <laughs> 3, even if we take the lowest number yeah that would make it the biggest paid non-wwe show of all time as i as i understand it which is yes still pretty phenomenal you know it's bigger than anything wcw ever did bigger than anything that anybody from the territories ages did it's bigger than anything that new japan have done is massive it's a huge number it's a reflection of where the wrestling business is at this moment so that's kind of what i want to talk about are we in a boom period obviously it's going to look different to what it would have looked like 20 years ago you know i think that's the thing people have been waiting for is the is the thing that looks exactly the same as what it did 20 years ago but that's obviously completely not only has the world changed but also our own lives have changed we would you know if we were in school we might be talking about every single day but we're not so what do we think i think that wwe are doing really well and they're selling a lot of tickets to arena shows and actually smackdown a lot of weeks is the number one show in broadcast television which is phenomenal so that's and i think there was one week not all that long ago where they might have been they were very close to being the number one rated television show for that week 
of all television in America, which is phenomenal. And I think actually they were beaten out by a Spanish language Mexican football match. <laughs> which is which which says a lot about television in America, isn't it? In terms of how fragmented the view, viewership is. So I think WWE is is doing a really good job. The thing I would say about their television deal is they so they're going from Fox, which is in a lot more homes, to USA Network for SmackDown. It's probably going to move night. It's probably going to come off Friday and go to a different night because actually it doesn't make a lot of sense for USA Network to have SmackDown on a Friday because there's less people watching television. So actually the stock has been hurt a little bit by that, and we'll wait to see what will happen with Raw. So it might be a very different television landscape. Whatever this is, I think 2025 that actually those shows may not be on Raw may not be on a Monday and Smackdown almost certainly won't be on a Friday so that that may sort of butterfly effect lead into AEW moving night so I think WWE are doing phenomenally well I think they're, they've got their audience their audience is willing to pay a lot of money to go and see them they, they, they sell all these hugely expensive tickets to their shows AEW I think is a very very different story now their television ratings are still okay like for Dynamite in terms of if you look at you've got to look at your peers so while a, I don't know an 850 thousand and hundred thousand for dynamite might not seem all that good compared with you know even tna's rating sort of 10 years ago or whatever actually if you look at then you know they're number three for the night on cable that that's fine that's that's okay but the bit that's really concerning for AEW is wembley is an anomaly wembley was a lot of people in the uk that starved the big wrestling shows was thinking i want to go and see a wrestling show at wembley stadium because it's such a historic thing but actually in, domestically now AEW are really struggling at, at, the, at the live gate and i think that is there's no greater sign of creative problems than when you're struggling to sell tickets. That has always been the thing that is, you can't argue that. Vince McMahon has said it himself, and there's another promoter whose name escapes me. They would never make excuses. It wasn't that, you know, ticket prices are too high or the weather's bad or this is on or there's a basketball thing down the road it was because we didn't have an attraction that people wanted to pay to see and that is ultimately what AEW I think is a complete and utter and total mess I, I hear Melts are talking about oh this is a good show because it's loads of good wrestling I know Ben, ben you and I are slight, you know we're probably slightly philosophically different around what we enjoy in wrestling but if it's just good wrestling with no stories that doesn't work for me and I think that the stories can be told in a different way and that is all AEW is it's like this week on Dynamite you've got Carl Fletcher versus Kenny Omega that'd be great brilliant but what does it really mean there's no story in that there's no story coming out of that there's no story coming out of all the stuff that they do and it's just so I, I actually think AEW has got a lot of a lot of problems so I don't go back to the question overall I don't think wrestling is having a boom period I think WWE is having a, bo a boom period New Japan at the Copper Box a couple of nights before we were recording this I think they did under 4,000 because it looked much more empty than the RevPro anniversary show. Go back in time to 2019. And this is post, you know, post all the Bullet Club guys leaving the promotion. They sold out the copper box with Minoru Suzuki and Kazuchika Okada on top. And so that's what 8,000. You're doing, they did less than half of that for this show this weekend. So WWE is, everyone else, not so much. Yeah, it seems to me that AEW is just, there's no better way of saying it than you did, it's just a mess. And they're trying to get these, you know, these wrestlers that are coming in, and, and one of my biggest bugbear is just old wrestlers that are coming in, and they've got Christian in. I mean, even Jericho, and I'm a massive Chris Jericho fan, and he was kind of one of the the, the appeals that, what, that uh, you know, that I wanted to watch AEW. But he's past it now, he's past it. He's, he's had his time, Edge had his time, Christian had his time, all these old wrestlers that keep going across. And it's very similar to another company that was at war, for want of a better word, with WWE, and that's WCW. They did the same thing. All these old wrestlers that were going across there and 
and ultimately it, it just kind of failed and I see the pictures of the crowds and it just looks it is quite sad and I don't I, I don't watch AEW I just couldn't get into it but I don't want to see pictures of, of crowds like that I, I want to see pictures of stadiums that are full and arenas that are full that's what I want to see it's just quite sad when you see stuff like that WWE on the other hand is booming and the main reason I think I might be wrong but the main reason I think is the fact that Triple H is in charge of creative because uh, when Vince was in charge of creative, there was people leaving or saying they were leaving, watching it after some of the decisions that they were that they were giving. And Triple H has come in and he's kind of steadied the ship, I think. And not only steadied the ship, but it is kind of booming. The storylines on the whole are fantastic. On the whole, the kind of building new stars, building people, building feuds up. And I'm exactly the same as you guys. For me, the story is my favourite part of wrestling. Building these feuds, building the stories, and then the wrestling match at the end of it is kind of the cherry on the cake for me. And creatively, I think that they're doing a fantastic job. Absolutely fantastic job. Paul's apart to what they were like when Vince was in charge because it was just unbearable some of the shit that it was coming out with that WWE was presenting just unbearable some of the shit that they had so but I, so I think that's why I think that's the main reason why WWE are, are in a boom period but it, mainly for creative reasons Triple H has got a lot of goodwill as well and I think goodwill yeah. we talked about this before but goodwill is such an important factor I think AEW had a lot of goodwill at the start they haven't got it anymore but I think people want Triple people want people watch Vince McMahon's WWE and you pick you 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 picked holes in it because there were a lot of holes to pick in Triple H's WWE largely I think people were wanting things to be good and actually I, I think producing what do they do five hours of live wrestling television a week is hard that's a hard job but I think fundamentally booking is not all that complicated there's lots of examples of booking success triple h has been around been around for years and years and years different promotions he's seen what's worked and what's not worked and actually you know you protect your big stars you push look at la night you push people and pick the crowd it's not difficult vince wouldn't have done some of these bits because if, if they didn't get over because he wanted them to get over they didn't get over <coughs> at all because he wouldn't get behind someone so it's not rocket science but triple h is doing a good job i mean there's been lots of moments in wwe over the last pretty much since clash at the castle last year which I've really enjoyed. I fell off a bit after Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania stuff. I watched SmackDown on Friday for the first time in a long time, and I really I, I skipped the matches because what's the point? But I watched all the segments. <laughs> but no, it, it's true. I, I, you know, yeah, yeah. there's so much wrestling. Like, I, I, not not to disrespect the wrestlers involved in those matches, but throw away ten minute matches SmackDown. What's the point? I'd see the finish, but I, I, I'm interested in the stories and the segments because I think the slickness of WWE is so good in terms of some of the stuff backstage with Reigns. Like just it's just done very well. But it's, if you if you watch AEW, which I watch far more religiously than WWE you'll get a backstage segment with Renee Paquette and she'll be overacting everything and they'll be going for like some sort of comedy or something and it's just like it's just so 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 bad and they all look like idiots whereas in WWE it's just like a slick thing and I can't even believe I'm saying this but actually if you think who sounds more like a human being it's the people on WWE that do their promos are better in, a, in an environment of scripting and control but I guess Triple H has probably given a bit more freedom but the show is just it just looks better it feels better it's better produced and, and you know I think actually we're probably in now for you know it's still gonna be a slow slow burn but actually we're probably in for some months of really good stuff of WWE now moving into Survivor Series the time before Raw Rumble was always good Triple H will have his Wrestlemania plans we'll we get the Rock 
Brock or whether we get Cody or whether we get something else, I think it's going to be a good time again to be a WWE fan going forward. Certainly, I agree that Triple H has got that that goodwill, and mainly because he's just someone different and just bringing a different vision, and you can see it almost instantly. Like in 2021, WWE and lots of 2022, WWE did loads of matches where you had challengers defeat the champion in order to get a title shot at their belt. It was suddenly a thing that they were just doing all the time. It was just clearly something Vince liked the idea of doing. Minute that Triple H came into, you know, into power, that was scrapped as a thing. And that's just one example of so many where it was just an instantly, obviously, somebody else is is doing this. And there's a, it just feels different. It just, and it could have been anybody. I mean, don't get me wrong, Triple H's obviously got a lot of credibility through his time from NXT, but also he's Triple H, right? So it, there is a degree of interest that, that revolves around him. But anybody coming in and, and mixing things up and doing things in a different way would would have a similar effect because the, the product would just feel fresh instantly. We've talked about it before, Stephen. You know, it's high time and it's been time for a long time. Tony Khan handed over the book to somebody else who's just got a different vision, not to say necessarily better. I don't care if anyone thinks it's better or worse, but just different. Something to freshen things up. Someone who booked with a different rhythm. Someone who's got different people that they want to push than Tony Khan would push. Just a whole bunch of new ideas and new kind of thoughts and you know, creativity going to it. What I would say in terms of the parallels with WSW, I don't think that the old guys are necessarily the problem. Don't get me wrong. You've got to pick your spots. Jeff Jarrett should be nowhere near the ring in AEW. Don't get me wrong. But there's a place for Adam Copeland. He's a big star. I'm not saying you want to make him a main event headlining act, but there's a place for him, right? He's got value to you as a company. Christian Cage still has some value, I'm sure. Jericho certainly still has some value. But what's the real parallel for me is when WWE started to go off the rails is early 99 and the storylines just stopped or they stopped making sense really actually first of all they stopped making sense and then after the while of them not making sense then they just stopped they didn't even happen there weren't even storylines happening anymore and that's kind of what i'm seeing with aw i felt we talked at length about this as well all out 2021 i was very high on the aw product i went into that thinking this is a great product there's lots of stuff going on there's a conveyor belt of young stars that they can bring through and make big stars going forward by using jericho and omega and am and john moxley and all the rest of them and they're bringing in cm punk and they're bringing in brian danielson and that's really exciting and then creatively they just stopped making sense mm. almost the minute cm punk and brian danielson walk through the door they stop making sense and it's now got to the point where i'm not sure they even have stories other than the MJF Adam Cole friendship, they don't seem to have stories for most of what they're doing. And they just seem to present these matches. And what was really telling Stephen is when you said, oh, I've watched WWE SmackDown, but don't watch the matches. If that happens with AEW, you're not watching anything. Yeah, <laughs> because all they've yeah. got is the matches. I skip the matches a lot now because I don't... I, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd one for me because if I want to watch really good wrestling, there's loads of really good wrestling that I can watch that means more. I haven't watched Stardom for months. I, I've got a whole back catalogue of their version of the G1 where I know all the people and I know all the stories and etc. I'll go and watch that. But I'll, far, I'll, I'll skip to the end of these AEW. But the problem with the AEW show is, as you say, Ben... The bit that's in between the match, the backstage promo, is fucking atrocious. Like, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to be really personal. Renee Young in WWE, I think everyone, apart from maybe mentioned commentary, was 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 good. I think everyone, really good personality. She's really good on her podcast as well. She is dreadful on Dynamite. I don't know what she's going for. It's like GCSE level drama, overacting in every single segment. I just don't, it's just don't get it. And there's all these in jokes between the commentators all the time. The commentators are like, almost like they're on a boys trip and you're not in on the joke. You're like the, pe- the person that didn't go to school with them. So you don't get it. And it's like, 
guys, what are you what are you trying to present here? Is this supposed to be? You know, it doesn't have to all be serious, but it's like ta- like Taz cracking some joke when it's like MJF out there. It's like come on, and it's all it's almost like there is no quality control in AEW. Tony Khan's got no idea what quality quality control is, and he's he's alone. And if Danielson's helping him, he hasn't got any idea either because the the, the show is not good. And the, and the people like Dave Meltzer of this world, I like a lot of what Dave Meltzer says. But him constantly talking about the the shows being good because he likes the wrestling is missing the trick. He's missing it completely because it's not about you know what WWF did the best ratings they've ever done in the Attitude Era when their matches were three minutes and it was in out in out ang wang wang. Now I'm not I'm not saying we could go back. I think there's room for good wrestling. You can build up a main event on on Dynamite and do it, but it's got to be more about tell me about these people, tell me about these characters. Why are they? What are they fighting for? Why are they here? Why do they want to be world champion? Why do they want to do this? Why do they want to do that? And I don't know anything about all of them. The booking rhythm, in my view, that AEW should be following is the WWE Attitude Era of 2000, when they combined the two elements of what what I think make wrestling, which is great yeah. stories and great wrestling. Go back to Raw on in 2000. There was always good wrestling on on Raw because you suddenly they had this roster of excellent wrestlers. You obviously had the Radicals had come in. Jericho was in by the by that point. You had the Hardys and Edge and Christian and Dudleys had emerged. Kurt Angle had arrived. You know they had a sensational group of wrestlers putting on matches all the time. But on top of that, the stories were just absolutely phenomenal. Mm. You can ally those two things. I will say to you, fine, go and have the best match you can have every single match. I have no problem with that because you've delivered where it matters, the stories and the characters, so that when you get there, then the wrestling is not just excellent, but means something whilst you're watching it. You can have stories without the wrestling quality you can't have wrestling quality without the stories you can't do it it doesn't not on a and when i'm saying stories i'm not saying soap opera stories that doesn't have to be what you're talking about here it could just be the story is that over the course of 20 weeks 19 weeks sorry 20 wrestlers are going to face each other in a full-on round robin league table great that's a story that is a story every match matters every match counts that's fine do the g1 just do the g1 exactly you can do that you can do that in nxc aren't they as well similar to it yeah yeah so for me that is fine that's a story and that's the thing i think people take me wrong as as if i'm saying oh you gotta have soap opera it doesn't have to be that it can be a sports based story but it has to mean something it can't just be kenny omega out there against vikingo for no reason for nothing where no there's no stakes no one someone wins it doesn't matter someone loses it doesn't matter all you're there to do is watch them do a flip or a great piece of technical wrestling or a great submission that's not engaging and it's not engaging in anything like not just in wrestling that's not engaging in football that's not engaging in any sport that's not engaging in film you don't watch films just because someone's a great actor you watch them because they were telling a story whilst they're doing the acting um and that's the problem with AEW. So that we've gone off on a tangent there because that's all creative based, but that is part of why there's a boom in in WWE right now. But it's it's also like that international part of it for me, which is what WWE got. I've, for some reason, I've been going through Wikipedia and looking at lots of um, UFC cards from the past just to see kind of what they've done gradually over the course of time. So I, I have no interest in MMA, but I enjoy the business side of things. I find it really really interesting. And what they did 
over the course of the 2010s in particular was just expand their international market massively. And they, you can almost see them going, right, we haven't done anything in Poland yet. Let's go and have a show in Poland. Or we haven't gone to Singapore yet. Let's go to Singapore. And WWE feel like they're already on this journey. Like they've got the big show in Australia next February. This year, they've already been to Canada, Puerto Rico, the UK. Uh, and they're going to Saudi Arabia as well, of course. It feels like WWE are now on that journey to be like right we're not just now interested in our domestic business but we are really taking this international and seriously as well we're really going for it now it's not just a it's not just a side thing where we'll do 10 house shows and then in five days and then (laughs) get back to north america it's we're gonna we're gonna give these people big shows yeah and that's that's the main thing for it it, in the uk you never got big pay-per-views here you got i mean even in the attitude area you got the skybox office glorified house house shows that you you paid 15 quid for and got gilberg versus tiger ellie singers the the (laughs) opener shocking and then you know the australia shoot super showdown saudi arabia ones you know they they are what they are but then they are like kind of taking a risk now and they doing their 12 13 pay-per-views that they do a year putting them in different countries elimination chamber is it in australia next year yeah which is um, great for us because it'll be our yeah. morning won't it our morning yeah yeah, yeah that'll be brill won't it that'll be brill money in the bank over here the put backlash in Puerto Rico I, and, and do you know what I said this on one of the mania things I just think that they should just go further afield do it in like they, they used to have Raw in Japan and Germany and I think do you know what just do, do like a fast lane in Germany or a payback in I think that will happen yeah, Germany's, yeah. One of, Germany's one of yeah. their bigger markets they'll do Germany soon yeah, yeah. I think in the next year or two where you'll see a, pro, a normal pay-per-view <clears> in Germany yeah, and I think they should do it. You know, I think they should do it with Mania as well. I think I think we will get a Mania. I think that's I nailed think we're close on. Now. But yeah. then I think even after that, you know, obviously go do it in in England, then a couple in America, and then do one in Australia. Do you know? Do a Mania. Dare I say it? Do a Mania in Saudi Arabia. Do you know? Just no. Well, no, maybe not. <laughs> well, well, do you know what though? If they're gonna do the pay per views there Too anyway, far. if they're gonna do the pay per views there anyway, so not, what, Wrestle, you know, not WrestleMania though. They don't need yeah, to do that because yeah. Do it, do the it point is, Japan, do the point is though, they don't need to do it any of those places because they've still got genuine value and draw in just the B level pay per views for now. Like they give Germany, you give Germany a B level <clears> pay per view <throat> in 2025, and then another one in 2026, another one in 2027. That's a draw. That will remain a draw for a number of years. They they won't do it until they can't get those big figure sums of money from that market again with a with a and with the UK is a bit different because I think it's there's almost a feeling like we deserve it for some reason <laughs> because we've maybe been super loyal throughout a long long period in this country to to that product but I, I just think in general they will give them but they'll they'll be sparing with them they won't give them instantly they won't go ahead with wrestlemania it'll be for example italy it will be 30 40 years before there's even a chance yeah. that something like that yeah. happens but they they will be going into some of those markets and, and giving them b-level pay-per-views i want to turn one more bit of the conversation the overall thing about a boom period in wrestling in general and talk to you Stephen, about obviously you're at the copper box for the rev pro show that's a massive crowd for a uk show what over yeah. four thousand people yep. obviously you know in the late 2000s a number there were one or two uk promotions who were hitting those numbers on on occasions as it were and then nxt uk came along took all the talent and kind of yeah. kind of left it all kind 
kind of a, a shatter. But maybe that's another kind of indication that wrestling is is going through a boom period is that British wrestling does seem to be getting a little bit more of a, a push again. Pro Wrestling Chaos, the local Bristol promotion this weekend, uh, as we're recording this, pulled just under 500 fans, which has got to be one of the yeah. biggest crowds they've ever done. There is a sense that, you know, people are looking. I, I always think, think about it in terms of other things you can watch for the same price. And there really isn't that many things you can watch for the same price as a wrestling show, but it does seem to be building once more now that NXT UK has gone away and a lot of the not necessarily big names but really talented individuals who were there are back on the in British independent scene regularly again yeah I think it's interesting there's, there's a promotion that I've been to see a couple of times in Wimbledon and, um, called Purpose and the first time I went they run in the library which is good fun the the first time I saw them they can't have been more than 150 people there uh, but it was a really good show um, and the second time I went to see them it was probably at least double that so they, they're building the thing I think about British wrestling at the moment is that i don't feel like there's the level of star that there was in probably when are we thinking so 2015 2016 the obvious you know skull osprey trent seven tyler bay and other people havoc yeah i mean it's a rose gallery isn't it really yeah, yes <laughs> um but i think that's that's the thing i get you've got you've got some people that could break through but rev, rev pro is an interesting one so so i'm i'm waiting with bated breath because i i presume that rev pro are about to announce their year-end show which will be the last osprey show because osprey's done you know phenomenal job in terms of basically pretty much every single york call show since the pandemic he's worked or he's been there i think one he wasn't at when he had a really terrible situation he was hospitalized before he was supposed to be in a main against Minoru Suzuki but he's going to be gone he's not going to be doing these shows and I do wonder how many of those nine to eleven hundred people that turn up for your call show will not go when he's not the focal point anymore because that is coming and it's quite sad really but you know he he will be I presume will be signed to AEW if not WWE I wouldn't rule that out because they've got the money to go and change you know completely change his life if he wants to go and move to America so I I think grassroots it's good People are interested. I think wrestling, as you say, value for money is good with wrestling. But I, I don't see us get into a situation where Rev Pro are going back to the Copper Box next year. I mean, they might do the night before All In, to be fair. But I can't see that Rev Pro are going to be doing sell out York Hall shows or you know like a Progress going do going to do um Alexandra Palace or Brixton Academy like they did. I, I just can't really see that because that next crop of stars isn't isn't there at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it took a long time for that original crop of stars to emerge. And then yeah. they, within two, three years of them emerging, either they went to America or Japan or they completely shut the bed and almost tore the entire industry to shreds, basically, yeah. with, their, with what they'd done in their personal lives. But it just it just feels like, you know, I'm seeing a sort of a groundswell, a rebirth, not to the extent obviously of 2015 16 17 but just a a hint that there's the green shoots of of a recovery which i don't think looked on the cards when nxt uk in particular was still going when that was still there all the the experience really was there that's the thing it was less about the star powers the experience was all there now that experience has come back just just an interesting conversation because i feel like we it's something that does come up oh you know we're going to ever get a boom period again and i feel like we're kind of there but it isn't as i said it's not going to look like it did in 1998 because first of all the television landscape is completely different secondly we're not in school <laughs> so we can't know that all of our mates are talking about it and 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 all the rest of it i mean i do, i know what you're saying about AWB. As I said, I, I look at that figure and I think that's an achievement. Wrestling hasn't done that ever before, i.e. Mm. outside of WWE, a crowd of that 
strength paying to watch a show it's never happened before granted doesn't look like they're in a great place to <laughs> to take advantage of that in fact as i said to matt the other day it's already forgotten like who's yeah. thinking about that anymore no, nothing's nothing's lasted from that show has it it was a, got... it was a travesty sorry Alex, it was a travesty no. they couldn't get that show on television here alive like yeah. that is such a and that should have been on that should have got but in fact both sides of the atlantic the, 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 the company will never look better than it looked that night and they just messed it up the hbo max the streaming thing wasn't ready to do sports is still not ready you've got to do better than that tony khan you've got to get that show pay itv for some money to get that show live on that sunday night in the uk and do do the same with tbs and tnt because whatever you put into that you get back 100 percent because you'd have more eyeballs on that than any show you've ever you've ever done i would say um, I've got a quick question with regards to that. Right, I get mixed up with the two. Was it All In? Was All In? All In, yeah. Right, so they're doing it again next year. All In yep. next, year, next year. And they're going to get similar numbers, do you think? I think they'll struggle to do 50,000 next year. Oh, really? Do you think? Yeah. Right, okay. I agree. Right. Well, I agree. you've answered me quite. I was going to say, would they get the same type of numbers after Mania, if Mania comes over here? If I was WWE, I would book a big stadium that's not Wembley for SummerSlam in the UK next year before All In. And that kills all in. It completely kills it. Then, well, you don't need to do WrestleMania the year after. That that's what I would do. And I and you could probably book Wembley, but you wouldn't need to. You could book Old Trafford. You could go up to Edinburgh. You could do you could do Cardiff again. And they'll 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 absolutely mm. kill because their ticket prices will be higher. And most of the people that would go to all in will want to go to the WWE show over that. So if they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming. Uh, one thing I wanted to say as well about about the AW all in thing was it was a classic example of Tony Khan not having his ducks in a row and rushing to put that show on if he had had any sense he'd have waited until he'd got lined up with itv4 or itv in general a a deal basically he'd have gone you know what come in with us we'll put this Wembley show on we'll we'll plaster your name itv all over the fucking place mm. show it live on itv4 or you know fuck it, itv1 if you want to you know what i mean like you could you know there's going to be seventy thousand people there it's a massive wrestling event you'll have big stars like sting and chris jericho and cm punk and all these people there like he should have waited until he had that all in place and then announced the show you know and if he couldn't do it last year don't do it this year don't do it wait until the next year but those things have to be in place before you put that show on that's the thing that i think was a major problem there is that it all from the beginning it felt like he was in a rush to get that happen and, and funnily enough steven it was people like yourself who made it because you were so desperate to have a uk yeah show. but I, I don't think that should be a i think that if you if you've got business now so you, you do a, you do a time buy for that show and even if you don't do an itv4 you find someone else i, I doubt they've got an ex, i would be be very surprised if that deal is a, an exclusive yeah, deal right. speak to sky sports you know i know that wouldn't be nearly as good but it'd be still bloody better than having it on pay-per-view on fight wouldn't to, it well speak to anybody you know and yeah saying, but i think but i think before you announce the show before you decide you're doing it get that partner yeah on board i agree yeah because and i think that then you know you've got it on tv and you can yeah. announce it you can go come and watch this show it's going to be nationally televised you're gonna you know it's going to be massive or, or or have the deal in place sell all sell all those tickets they did at the <laughs> yeah, start okay. and then announce the tv but but either way i think you've got to do we, we were saying for weeks and months and months and months it's got to be on tv it's got to be on tv it's got to be on tv and it was on paper it was on the only way you could watch that show live here was via fight tv that's mm. ridiculous yeah it wasn't even like skybox 
box office. Like no, no, no. Which yeah. is a more traditional yep. pay-per-view avenue. It was a completely kind of oh, I've got to watch it on my phone type yeah. deal. You know, for some people that would have been their reaction. I'm certain. Yeah. Yeah. Right, guys. I think we've definitely uh, definitely spent our time on this particular topic. So I will th- thank you very much for joining me today. Thank Cheers. You. Thank you very much. Thanks again. Uh, we will be back again next week with a WrestleMania show. I'm sure we'll still be in the WrestleMania series by the time this comes out. But until then, take care.